0: We should watch this
1: game. Oh man, what a segment. Guys, that was. really like in the zone. Uh, Paul
0: Bun <laughs> That's a tight
1: fight. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to watch the Nuggets game.
2: Welcome to the Hard Pick Mining Company with your Bills fans and the Denver Five presented by the Abrams Momentum Group. All right, all right, all right.
1: I am so, right. so that's super, uh, get,
2: getting us getting us going, getting us going with the uh, Bills theme song. Obviously, if anybody was listening last week, uh, he's our resident Bills fan. Very excited. Uh, for the Bills to be in the playoffs <laughs> playing this weekend, uh, recording this on Friday night, the uh, 22nd. Uh, the Nuggets right now are uh, playing the Suns. Uh, we're uh, about to start the fourth quarter here, down by 4, 95-91. The Suns uh, having a little bit of a struggle here. Suns seem to have our number. Uh, but we'll do a little recap of the week here. Uh, Nuggets played the Jazz and the Thunder last time you heard us here. Uh <laughs> We had a of a rough go there with the Jazz, uh, pulled away from the Thunder. Uh, obviously, the Thunder have been a game that uh, we've consistently uh, performed against. But I uh, wanted to throw it to Bush here real quick to give us a little bit of a recap of how we thought the Jazz game went.
0: Uh, the recap is that game sucked, and I'm tired of playing the Jazz, so let's go to the Thunder game.
1: That's it? That's it? Come on, you got to have a takeaway... Who showed, who who didn't? The
0: takeaway was we, you know, once again, didn't really uh, execute down the stretch, unfortunately. You've got to have a learning
1: but learning opportunity.
0: Learning opportunity? <laughs> a learning opportunity? Yeah. Um, I will no, be real honest real with you. Challenges. I don't even remember what happened in that game. So there is no learning opportunity. And it, really the, it can't just this, be, uh, let's
1: hope we don't play the Jazz, because I'm pretty sure we're going to play the Jazz.
0: I think it's another. You know, it's not so much about them as it's just the Nuggets still not finding their
1: rhythm. So. Um, okay, it feels much, like a
3: real rival. It feels like a real rivalry, though, right? Like that part's does. kind of fun. I, I,
1: I thought it was a super fun game to watch. Um, more than anything, just to see Jamal show up. Like he, it, it brings out a totally different Jamal.
2: Yeah, I feel like everything that he did in the uh, bubble against uh, Mitchell now, it seems like when they face each other, he's kind of like geared up a little bit more. It uh, felt the same when he faced Curry. It's kind of one of these faces, these guys that he feels like he's either better than or matches up well with. He kind of shows up for us.
0: But he only kind of has, he only had a half in him, which I think kind of shows all those injuries he's, you know, nagging injuries dealing with, his elbow, kind of like almost tonight. Uh, you know, he didn't do much in the first quarter, and then he's come out pretty hot in the third and hopefully keeping it going here in the fourth. So I feel like he's got two two bubble Murray quarters in him each game, but he can't do it for four right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, we
1: we're, at we're 14 game, games we were in. Up.
0: Yeah. but And he's, you know, he looks a little, a little wear and tear on him. And that Jazz game is the same thing. He was unstoppable in the first half and then definitely cooled off. Jokic... I guess the other main takeaway is just Jokic is just the steadiest player I've ever watched on a regular basis. You know, he just puts up his 25, 10, and 10 or whatever the case may be and makes it look pretty easy against Gobert who got paid $200 million to basically defend Jokic. So that, as if I was a Jazz fan, I'd be a little bit worried about.
1: Yeah, that did feel nice.
3: Can we rate all of our games on uh, how many bubble Murray quarters it is? Uh, so the Jazz game was two. Uh, can we get yeah, three like or that. four?
0: If he ever has a three-quarter bubble Murray game, we win.
2: Uh, well, we also did face the Thunder. Uh, obviously, the Thunder are kind of a, a decent you know, West team. They're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, we seem to have their number this year. Uh, it seems like uh, our bench came alive that game. Uh, it seems like we finally felt like they were meshing a little bit. But, I don't know, Rex, how would you feel about our play?
1: Uh, I I thought it was great. I, I Jokic still had 27, and he still put up twice as many shots as anybody else. And the game was largely over before it started. But I love to watch it. It was super fun to see. the. It, it was a bench game. It was the first time that yeah, I it was a good, thought, feel good game. Yeah. It was the first time that the bench had kind of came together as a unit that they, they had a rhythm. They had um just a great flow of like, oh, PJ Dozer looks like a superstar. Faku is like gained a little bit of confidence. And I, I thought it was enough to to kind of throw a wrench in malone's plan of staggering Jokic and murray that it it was enough to say maybe let's just keep the the first unit and the second unit as units and see if they can continue to grow um i don't know i i thought it was super fun how
2: how do you feel about that faku between the legs (laughs) (laughs) uh
1: it it was it was it was unnecessary he should have just made the layup but but it was great and
0: that was a great catch by Monte to finish that off because he could easily just
4: fumble that out of
1: bounds. Oh, yeah. There's like a 15% chance that that bounce pass just hits him right well, in and the MPJ face. MPJ
4: being back might complete like a second unit because they had Morris, Murray, uh, DJ, oh my God, DJ Dozier, um, Michael Green, and MPJ. And it, they're Love just me. running up and down the court incredibly fast and, and coming back from this game. So it's actually pretty exciting that I think. Like, this was the missing piece, but obviously it's still a blend of, like, starters and bench players.
1: What, that MPJ is the missing piece, or that Morris getting more minutes was the missing piece?
4: I, well, I think MPJ fills that hole where our team is big enough to sustain that with being able to run, and then that throws Hartenstein out as well, which is, like, a uh, great thing. So, yeah, there's going to be times we're going to need an big in there, but I think, like, we can run and gun and beach just a complete offensive juggernaut if we can do 48 minutes. And I think like having MPJ with some more of that bench unit can help create that amount of offensive minutes.
1: Uh, I came up today. We were talking about MPJ. Do you remember the last time you saw the Nuggets actually complete an alley-oop?
4: Kenneth Freed comes to mind.
1: <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's no. been a minute. Come
4: on,
2: Plumlee, Plumlee, I, uh, love those alley oops. Yeah. I
1: on. mean, no, this season. Do you remember any alley oops? I feel like MPJ is the only one that anybody would actually that is going to go up for it. I
0: think you're right. Jokic y- has been dunking the ball more than ever.
1: Yeah, but he's not yeah. going to go up he's to
0: get it. Throwing down a noob.
3: Yeah, I mean, Zach Lowe said uh, Jokic just got nine dunks in 14 games today uh, this season. So, I mean, that's like a, a record for him. And he says that he's just doing it because of the bench, the bench reactions. It gets the team going. So maybe they do need to throw him some more oops, get people excited. Gets me going. You did see you see that video that fired.
1: came out today of him playing the air, uh, air accordion?
3: <laughs> I did see that, Rex. That was really great. <laughs> just it was like off of some, How did you not share that some- with us? It's on some Serbian like, Twitter feed, and it's like him walking into a room and playing air accordion. Like, that's got to be what he's like in his personal life. It's wonderful.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's just such a goob. I love Yoko Yeah,
2: but that's why he's likable. I mean, that's why when he dunks, everyone goes wild, because uh, the dude can't get usually two feet off the ground, and, and now he's just, like, slamming it down.
4: I always wonder how funny he is in his native language. Right? Like... I've tried to make jokes in Spanish, and it does not hit at all. So to like,
3: dude, <laughs> in English is pretty impressive. Nobody's nobody's paying attention.
4: We should watch this game. I just appreciate that we apparently don't have the
3: ability to
4: watch and talk. I'm down to watch the game and then come back.
1: Yeah. Fine, let's just turn Good. it on.
4: All right, shut
2: up. We're moving on. Yeah, <laughs> shut All right. up. While, Yo- while Jokic is at the line here with 104-102 Nuggets in uh, the fourth quarter, uh, Rex, I thought we'd do a quick recap of last week. You asked a bunch of questions. You said we would follow up with those questions. I'm oh, yeah. guessing you didn't keep track of that. But if you did, how did we do?
1: Um, I, I didn't keep track of your answers, um, but I did keep track of my questions, and I want to point out that I fucking nailed it. so i i asked is was faku gonna get a haircut or was Jokic gonna shave his beard first and faku got a haircut the next day and Jokic got (laughs) shaved his beard the day after um so faku definitely did it first the the second question was the race to five minutes and um yeah rj hampton Hampton won that and then i picked that one i picked him z Zeke got five Zeke. minutes, and then uh, everybody else got Zeke. four. And it was just because RJ Hampton went in with thirty seconds left in the second half and got one extra minute. So when the third unit came on at the very end for garbage time, he he got one bonus bonus minute.
4: Well,
2: I think i C- That was going. some real good garbage time up. too. This is actually Mike. a good game, too. You're so far yeah. behind,
4: Michael.
2: Am I? Am I? Yeah. I mean, Will Barton just missed a layup. Don't ruin it. All right. Don't ruin uh, it too, well, that, that was that was good. We got a, a quick recap of last week. Um, we're gonna pause right now with four minutes left in the Nuggets game in the fourth quarter here uh, for a commercial break from the Abrams Menom Group.
1: <laughs> but but just a little bit of enthusiasm. <laughs>
2: This is awful, guys. Sorry, was that not good <laughs> That's
1: enough? No, that garbage. <laughs> this Fine. is your presenting sponsor. He is giving you money to do this. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't yet, but... He hasn't. <laughs> well, well, given, I'm given still that waiting for my check.
2: now is the most garbage podcast that we could have. Why not have our presenting sponsor come in for a pause and save the day? <laughs> presenting the Abrams Momentum Group.
4: Abrams Momentum Group. We want to go back watching the game
2: well that was the abrams momentum group uh thanks for sponsoring the podcast
1: <laughs> all right let's let's wrangle this shit back in michael what are we talking about the group.
2: Uh, for the uh now is paul bunyan with denver in the woods cash those
4: checks
0: <laughs> thanks mike p i appreciate the intro All right, so uh, I want to talk about my least favorite lineup of the uh, Nuggets so far this season, and it's whenever P.J. Dozier's at the the four, the power forward position. So he's been at this roughly a little less than 20% of all the possessions so far. And when he is playing the four, the Nuggets are getting outscored on a per 100 possession basis by over six points. This compares quite unfavorably to, you know, the Nuggets as a whole, who are, you know, scoring, uh, outscoring teams before the Suns game by a little over four points per 100 possessions. So when you dig in a little bit, what you see here is that... um, while they are forcing a lot of turnovers on defense, they're getting absolutely crushed on the defensive boards, and they're fouling a ton. So when I say they're getting absolutely crushed, they're actually in the zero percentile for de- <laughs> defensive rebounding. <laughs> um, that, so they can't get a possible? board to actually
3: so, so I don't know. I would, I would. I would
0: love to know that. Yeah. Uh, right, they're I would setting love to know the how you zero. get to zero. And they're setting the. They're setting the bottom uh, for the league in that stat when they're out there with Doja at the four. So. Um, but on offense, you would think at least, you know, we got a smaller lineup, we can spread the floor, we can cut, we can get to the basket, have some mismatches, get out and run because we're forcing a lot of turnovers. Nope, we're actually uh, pretty terrible on offense too when he's when he's uh, at that position. So they're in the bottom 20 percentile for Boilers. Points per 100 possessions and uh, field goal efficiency ratios. So they do grab a lot of offensive rebounds. That's the one uh, silver lining. So they get crushed on the defensive boards, but they grab a lot of offensive boards. Um, Bush, so there is one. Th- Bush, yep.
3: Do you think uh, that this, like how much they've been utilizing this lineup, changes now that MPJ is back from COVID Part Two, the Coveting? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I hope so. I. Uh, I, I think that you know they wanted to run this experiment, and it's still a little early in the season to th- totally throw it away. But P uh, with MPJ at the four just gives us so much more size. And even if he's lost on defense, we he's a great rebounder, which is one of the most confusing parts about his game. I think is just how lost he can be on defense and how good a defensive <clears throat> rebounder he can be. So I'm hoping that this you know I don't think PJ seems to like it. I think he you know he's not the biggest guy, probably doesn't want to bang down low with you know some forwards when he has to um, so hopefully I hope I hope you're right and we don't see this lineup too much because I think he's much better suited at the three and mpJ uh, is plays playing at the four I think is pretty explosive for the uh, for the nuggets
4: well and it, it showed tonight too right like tonight was the first night where that was rolled out where mpJ played the four and Michael Green played the five and that was, like, the biggest stint in the middle of the game that helped our comeback. So, I think it, like... Yeah, I love that one With some, like, rebounding. But I also think it'll help to run and gun on offense. And is a, like, very potent offense with those guys out there.
3: Yeah, especially if they can, like... Obviously, Hartenstein didn't play tonight, but it's an offensive upgrade right you you switch green to the 5 you give up a little size and if it's a smaller team you can handle that and you you sub in an mpj and it's that's win win for the nuggets all night long
0: and when those guys are out there and green's at the 5 mpj's at the 4 that's you know five guys that can all shoot the 3 and if you you know Mont, monte's at like something like mid 30s mpj's around a 40% uh three point shooter Uh, Green's been over 50, which obviously won't keep that up. Um, And Dozier is actually right around 40%. I mean, that is lethal. Um, And then you throw in whoever at the two, whether it's Murray, Barton, uh, Faku, you know, anyone else at the two, you're still going to be, pretty deadly the question is can you guard anybody but maybe you won't have to you know like what we saw tonight maybe you can just they actually play pretty good defense but maybe you can just you know get out there and outscore some teams and just blitz them from the three point line
3: well you gotta imagine that they're going up against other teams as second lineups too right so yeah, how many player. other bench units can keep up with that firepower
0: it just makes so much more sense having Barton in the starting lineup I'll be really curious what Malone does as MPJ gets back um if he sticks with Barton in the starting lineup cuz i i just think it just makes so much more sense uh, size-wise everything
3: well especially if he's going to keep the the Jokic Murray uh combo on the bench at the same time right you're going to need somebody that can score and mpj can score
1: right and i mean that that's what i said about the OKC game of the that was the first time we saw the bench gel as a unit and i they definitely did it again tonight and i i think made a great effort in not losing this game and it was because jamal and Jokic were on the floor doing the the two-man game and then when they went off they got some rest and then the the second unit came in all as one
2: well and i think rex even uh what's going to be more important is what you said right there is the rest portion of this i mean we've got 72 games this season uh, we're for through the first fifteen. Uh, we only, you know, had two and a half months or whatever it was off between the bubble and the season this year. I, I think the second unit to get us to the playoffs uh, to be a reasonable seed in the playoffs and have those guys be relatively fresh. Uh, we're going to need them to perform better to get us some
0: wins.
1: Oh man, what a segment, guys! That was <laughs> we we're like in the zone.
4: That was awesome.
1: That was like a tight five.
4: That was a, that was a, tight, a tight five. five. <laughs> Everyone touched
0: the ball. Yeah, exactly. We're throwing it around. That was great. See? We just needed to focus. Uh,
2: well, uh, I think that's a good transition to w- what we wanted to talk about next, too, is just kind of what does it mean in terms of the playoff seeding and what's going to happen uh, for home court advantage uh, this season? Does it really matter? Uh, obviously, in the midst of a pandemic, we don't have any fans uh, within the stadium in either uh, home or away. Uh, does it matter anymore? Does the travel matter? Kind of where does the, where does the team sit right now? I, I think what we've seen so far for most most of the teams is it. Uh, personally, I don't see it making a huge difference. Uh, obviously, the Nuggets are starting a pretty big road trip here. So uh, I don't know, seeber if you're seeing anything different in terms of how home court advantage is going to make a difference.
3: Uh, season is still young, but the the one thing that hasn't changed and, you know, I, I did come in second place uh, in the geography, B, uh, in fourth grade. <laughs> and then again, in seventh grade, uh, is that uh, Denver's altitude has not changed. This ah, year. great point. Um, I still think that's a that's going to be a problem for teams, right? I mean, the baseball series does change things a little bit, right? Especially if teams are coming in with a couple extra days off, they have a little bit more time to acclimate and the fan piece of it. Sure. You know, I think it, it studies show that, um, home court advantage actually really comes into play. Not so much, uh, on, on the team aspect of it, but on the refs and how many more fouls they actually call in games. So it's not necessarily that teams do differently. It, the refs actually tend to call more fouls on for the home team. So that would be the one thing. but I, 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 We might I have fans like...
0: too, though,
1: by the time playoffs <laughs> no.
3: roll around. Uh, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am there. Uh, that, that was <laughs> going to be my,
1: my go on the record tonight was p- look at the schedule and pick the game that we might be able to go to. Oh,
0: God, Rex, you're good at this.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my wife uh, is a frontline healthcare worker and just got her second shot this week, so I think it's going to be a little while uh, until uh, the masses are enjoy enjoying a, a, the Sambor Shuffle in person.
1: Sambor <laughs> Shuffle. But no, I,
3: but I that's mean, a great I point endeavor- about the refs, Seaver. Yeah, that, that it's, does, it's, that it's does the matter weapon.
0: in the playoffs. The whistle.
3: And right when the whistle is a little bit tighter, but the whistle when it happens does matter and home court matters like imagine those those Clippers games those uh those Utah games if they had been at home for the Nuggets or maybe been on the road right like you know that Utah series maybe the the energies behind the Nuggets because they're the higher seed in the playoffs last year but the Clippers were the higher seed and you know had we been in LA would the Nuggets have come back if it had been home court I, yeah, I don't know on that one. That's but I, I, I feel like the the altitude piece is still something teams have to worry about when they come to Denver.
2: That's true. I, we, we, we at least get some sort of uh, geographical advantage in, in that point. Because uh, besides us and Utah, uh, what do other teams have to offer?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> culture. <laughs> beaches. So you're
2: you're saying the nightlife in other places is much bigger and better, and so if you're going to those places it's a it's a worse home court advantage or a better home court advantage?
0: Did you guys see Udonis Haslam talk about James Harden going to Miami and how they shot that down because um they just know how big of a party your James Harden is, and Udonis Haslam said he didn't want to babysit him. <laughs> yeah,
3: Udonis Haslam who's still uh, going, on the, the heat roster, but it's basically been yeah, like a coach.
0: Yeah, exactly. Or is he a coach now? Still technically, no. He's still a player. He's still technically a player. I think going back to uh, whether home court matters or not, I'm, my, I'm optimistic in thinking that you know the Nuggets have had some serious playoff battles over the last two years. They you know grew up a lot. Obviously, we've seen them all get a lot better. Um, So I don't. I think they can actually go on the road and win. Uh, a a round or two. Obviously, it's very difficult, and if we have to go to LA and play the Lakers, that's going to be a painful series, but I actually think the Nuggets can get can can win enough on the road. We have Jokic, who just is the most steadying force out there. Um, and we've proven that we can, you know, win in Game Sevens. We've proven we can come back if we get down. So I think they're going to go into the playoffs with a lot of confidence. I think most importantly, we just got to be healthy. Um, so if that means we have to give up a few wins in a very competitive West before. Going into the playoffs, kind of so be it, especially if there aren't fans, Um, because I don't think, you know, whenever we do get if we if we do get full arenas this year, that will be just, you know, a, a brand new experience for a lot of these guys or at least a new experience for the first time in well over a year. So that that could be a factor and it's tough to figure out. If that's a positive or negative, because maybe, you know, you go into the road, go to the road arena, there's a ton of fans yelling at you and the Nuggets just thrive off that. I could absolutely see that happening. So I think given the experience of the last two years, they are in better position than most other teams to actually uh, do really well in that situation.
1: I, I totally agree. I think they showed that in the bubble where there was no home or away that they they thrived in that, uh, especially especially Jamal, who could focus. But uh, I'm worried, really, about MPJ of that he's he's never really been in that environment, and he's still so young that he's going to overreact to it. Uh, but I, the, the one thing I am really excited for is trying. Is if Faku gets to be in that environment, I think he is going to just light up that he needs that energy and that response that he hasn't had it yet and he just hasn't been himself and that's really clear but if he sticks around on this team long enough to be able to be in that environment that's what he's clearly dreamed his of his entire life and he's given up a substantial amount to be able to come to the NBA and do it um, that I really hope that he gets that.
3: Well, he's he, he's on a two-time so, EuroLeague Championship team. He's on a four-time Spanish League Championship team, uh, plus his time in Argentina as Argentine champion. Argentinian champion. He's got he's got that background, right, of playing in big games and playing big minutes, probably in big games. Uh, that's extremely helpful. the The MPJ one's an interesting comment, Rex. You know, last year being his first playoffs, but that rookie year he obviously sat out but got to witness that Portland series right there. You know, got to watch Jokic play 60 minutes in a game six that the Nuggets needed to win. Um, so I wonder, like, how much of that, like, for him is, oh, I got to see it with fans. I wonder what it's like. So I, I'd i love it if the fans could make it to the playoffs because when would that happen, right? Like, June, July?
1: Right, maybe. Yeah, June, maybe. Yeah,
0: they're, they're trying to keep it, the season basically on the same schedule as a quote unquote normal season, right? So that hopefully the start of next year is um, back to an October, mid October, late October start. So I, I think the playoffs this year are going to be around, you know, mid to late April, early May, and go through probably June. So um, the second half of the schedule out. So, Rex, the, the NBA is screwing you over here because they haven't put out the second half of the schedule yet. So right. I guess for me, <laughs> I, care. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, so I'm but saying also, whatever March 5th is definitely not going to have fans. And there's not they're a very, Denver.
1: no, but they are very likely going to not just go from zero to full arenas. They're going to do, you know, the, we're going to start with, uh, 500 fans. And then, and some places fans. already
0: do right, like Houston. I know already is allowing some fans in there. Other, so it is. It is like everything else, city by city. Uh,
3: my my gut is telling me that if Denver and Colorado allow fans in, and people are willing to go, they're the craziest people that want to go to something like that. So maybe it would be good for the Nuggets to have some fans there. They might be the <laughs> loudest ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no right. the the first 500 people are going to all be away fans because they're they're the ones that are <laughs> they're all going to be Lakers fans right cuz you assholes are going to sell your season tickets back
0: <laughs> no andrew
2: will uh, um i'm <laughs> right. sorry so I'm just will. looking it up here uh so right now colorado is actually uh ranking in the top 20% of the nation in terms of uh efficiency in getting the vaccine distributed uh, as of what's it the january 22nd we got about four four point two percent of colorado and so we're not epidemiologists but it seems like we're on actually a decent pace so,
1: uh, hey i need to have playoffs. a wedding in july so that should better get out
0: <laughs> covid part
1: of the podcast uh, nice. getting
2: to the playoffs and having people uh, actually be there might be a real possibility uh, i got a question though so Looking at where we stand after tonight's game, uh, the Nuggets are in 8th place at 8-7 and on the season. Uh, The standings stack up right now. Clippers are in 1st place. Uh, Lakers are tied with them. Right behind is the Jazz, the Suns, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and then the Nuggets in the 8th seed. Uh, The Warriors are right behind us. They're actually tied on the record, but um, because of the tiebreaker, we're actually sitting in the 8th seed. Who Would you rather see the Nuggets face this season in terms of the first-round opponent?
3: The Phoenix Suns.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: What's your feeling there, Sabre? Why do you want to see uh, see the Suns?
3: Well, just looking at it, right? I mean, Clippers, no thank you. Lakers, no thank you. The Jazz, I would love that to be a later series. Uh, I'm going to skip over the Suns for a second and go to Portland. Um, uh, playoff Dame. Give me Portland. CJ McCollum. Yeah, I guess Zach Collins is hurt, so maybe in, in Nurkic, is, is he hurt again? Or I think so. For a, be a little bit. Luka in the playoffs, he's just, just like, you know, mm-hmm. playoff basketball slows down, and he can do a lot of crazy things. Memphis, you know, does Ja Morant carry them? I don't know um so oh, we're not going to see them on a first round right so then it's golden state and it's steph and it's draymond and steph can do crazy things i'd rather take the Suns.
0: well i, I think, think i'm taking the trailblazers yeah i think it's either Absolutely. the Suns
2: or the blazers just kind of realistically looking at um i i think the nuggets right now have had a slow start obviously uh, we're starting to pick it up. Uh, we've got a lot of our players healthy and back now. Uh, I think we saw that tonight. Uh, the Suns are a tough matchup for us. Uh, I don't think I, over a seven-game series, that's going to be a slog for us. I think we would still be able to pull that out. I, I don't think DeAndre Ayton uh, would be able to consistently perform over seven games. Devin Booker is going to go off. Uh, you know, Chris Paul is still going to be that steady hand for them. Uh, but I think we could pull that out. The Blazers, I feel like, is a very tough series for us. Has always been a tough team against us. You know, we just said that the Jazz right now are definitely a rival. Um, still feel like the Blazers are a rival for us as well. And, and still very scared uh, of what those two guys can do in the backcourt uh, against the Nuggets. We just don't have anybody to defend them.
3: Man, we were just talking about lady. how much, like, consistency matters, right? Who's the only team out of that whole playoffs that hasn't been in the playoffs in the last three years. It's the Suns and it's the Grizzlies, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry, Andrew, I totally cut you off. Go ahead.
4: you get I was just gonna say, on what other of the playoff teams would Chris Ball be your third best player? Like I wouldn't want to play the Suns at all. I definitely play the Jazz. I played Portland in second. But I think the Suns are like a pretty tough matchup and Chris Ball hasn't even played well yet this season, so I think at some point if he starts to, uh they're gonna be very dangerous, so I'd definitely stay away from the Suns.
0: Shows how tough the West is, man. That is just, yeah. you know, there's really not a team in there that you want. I mean, throw the Grizzlies out, because I think we the Nuggets can handle them pretty easily, but everybody else, it's like, you can make a compelling argument that, you know, they mm-hmm. are going to be a really tough matchup, especially given, you know, the current setup of the Nuggets. I'm still wondering if we're going to make some sort of trade Granted, that's a conversation we've all been having for a couple years now, waiting for the next trade or a big trade, right? But it does feel like we maybe are still missing one piece. So I'll be curious to see if we do anything at the trade deadline or not.
4: We definitely are. I mean, Jokic is playing 40 minutes in a regular season game. Is just <laughs> yeah. It's just too much. But, you know, like, the doesn't me because DeAndre Ayton's really good. And, like, normally sometimes when I look at Jokic's dominance – you got to kind of look at the other team center and how they do. And like, Jokic ended up as a minus 13 for this uh, first game against the Suns. And DeAndre Ayton um, ended up with a plus four, had 27 points, 13 rebounds. So, like, yeah, he didn't quite get the assist total, but, um, you know, he matched and I think did a good job on Jokic. So, um, I think they'd be a very scary matchup for most teams in the playoffs.
2: Well, and I, I, I think we'll get uh, a little bit of a playoff atmosphere here. Uh, we played tonight. We played tomorrow night, kind of a back-to-back here. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how the Nuggets kind of show up uh, after having a long game, overtime game, pulling out the win, uh, see what we do tomorrow night. So kind of okay. uh, leading into that, uh, obviously the the Nuggets, as we were just indicating, played uh, next week. They play Suns tomorrow, Monday they play Dallas, Wednesday at Miami, Uh, Friday at San Antonio, and then Sunday at Utah. So we've got a pretty long stretch here. I think it's a seven-game stretch that they are on the road here. So I think it will test what we just talked about in terms of the home court advantage uh, as well as the Nuggets fortitude in terms of being able to handle a pretty long stretch away from home in COVID world, uh, being stuck in there. Hotels and a kind of away from family, kind of limited restrictions. The NBA obviously put in some uh, pretty strict uh, requirements to minimize what's been happening lately in terms of COVID. So uh, one of the interesting things that I uh, wanted to ask, Andrew, what you were kind of feeling this week, uh, we've got a big slate of games coming up before the next time we potentially talk. Uh, how are you feeling in terms of what are our gambling odds? Are there any kind of advantages that you're seeing out there? Uh, and uh, for the record, where are you on the season?
4: Well, I'm 2-0, oh, thank you. Uh, you'll have to watch to prove me wrong. So, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I have not been right yet. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the Suns are favored, or we're giving the Suns two points, which is interesting. I'm going to keep sticking with the Nuggets game here, and I think Devin Booker's not going to play. Plus the Nuggets are just a complete badass of a team. So uh, I'm gonna take the Nuggets and they don't have the over-under right now, but if it's at 220, um, even though I'm pretty sure we scored about 490 points.
1: Uh, just under 490 points. It's
4: a little bit.
2: So so I'm sorry, are you taking the over or the under?
4: I'm
2: taking the under. Okay, all right. You're taking well, the uh, Nuggets
1: and the under tomorrow? The under
4: tomorrow?
2: Yep. yep. Well, well uh, I think that has played out uh, horribly so you, for you so far in terms of all the bets. Uh, so I'm going to go the opposite of you, take the Nuggets and the over. Uh, they had a big game tonight. Even if Booker doesn't play, uh, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. You know, these teams uh, seem to have much of a defensive presence uh, interesting, uh, Paul Bunyan there ha, has had a, a new theory <laughs> this week, so uh, how, how's that been going for you?
0: Uh, I decided to just start betting the unders on every game on the MGA MGM app, uh, whether it's NBA, college, Chinese basketball, um, the – to the Spanish league, it doesn't matter. Uh, so far, i you know, I got to check it, but I'm about 50-50. So Vegas is really good at their job, and I am um, <laughs> not so smart. I'm sorry, Spanish <laughs> league?
1: Wait. So your strategy was just to, to bet all the positions on all the games?
0: i'm betting the under on every live basketball game on the app okay every day. I thought day
1: you're just like walking up to the roulette table and say i'm gonna place one on every every place I'm,
0: I'm 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 betting an under on everyone and we're just spreading it across so i am kind of doing that
1: beautiful is
3: that is this like an algorithm you developed yourself or are you using some sort of like harvard uh like game theory thing going on here
0: well, I it, my thought process behind it is everybody likes to bet the over because it's way more fun to root for points, right? So, I just thought maybe there is
3: stingers a, slight...
0: <laughs> a slight edge if you went under. So, we'll see, but you I know think
4: the problem with that logic that I just realized is you have to win um, like the it takes 10% of every bet. So, you have to win 55% of the times to break even. So that's the margin you Not need. It needs to not be yep. like a slight edge. It has to be like more than 5% to make money.
0: So I'll, I'll report back after I have like, you know, 3,000 bets in <laughs> over the next seven days. All right. Well, we'll, we'll glass, see how you Glass this, half please.
3: full bush here. Glass half full.
4: <laughs>
2: that's, right. <laughs> that's right. All right. Uh Well, uh, nuggets again, uh, slate of five games coming up this week. Uh, anyone got any thoughts on, uh, what's the narrative is going to be this week? Who are you going to be looking out for?
1: Monte Morris. He's, he's going to be the nugget of the week he's, uh, double plug. Uh, I was looking at real estate today with Andrew Abrams and the (laughs) Abrams momentum group. And whilst we were walking through a house that nobody was going to buy because it's obscenely overpriced, uh, Andrew snuck in a little piece of wisdom that, that Monte Morris is probably the second best nugget right now. And I spent all afternoon, uh, trying to argue against it. And I, I, I can't, he's, uh, he's definitely think, the
0: second most consistent without a doubt.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could, you could definitely make an argument for Jamal. Um, I think there's a slight argument for green maybe, he he's been the most surprising nugget but monte i think has been the second best nugget he's he's carried the second unit and he hasn't lost games which is all that you can ask from the second unit
4: right and i think mike malone even supports that because he has him in at the end of the games and so like you know as the game goes on those silly like turnovers really hurt you and he is just so steady that like he's just very dependable just like Jokic.
1: So he's going to carry it. I think he's he's going to continue to show up. Um, and I, I like the Nuggets' chances tomorrow in the doubleheader. I, I want to go on record that the, the Nuggets are going to show up. Phoenix is going to overreact, and they're going to shit the bed.
0: Go
2: Nuggets. All right. Uh, we'll we'll uh, see what happens next week. Uh, Andrew, again, has uh, the Nuggets with the spread and the under. Uh, Bush is going to bet every under for the next seven (laughs) days until we visit you all again. So we'll see if he has any money left at the end of the day.
1: Uh, And And we'll watch
2: Monte Morris. (laughs)
1: And and as tradition, he's also got 50 bucks on the Bills to win.
2: Always. Always. I I was going to finish up with one more comment uh, from our resident Bills fan. Uh, Big game (laughs) this weekend. Uh, again. Do you want want to play the song again? We're we're all football fans, so let's hear it, Rex.
1: No, I don't have the song. Sieber has the song. All right, Sieber. Uh, yeah,
3: I just uh, a couple of thoughts here. Uh, one, I don't ever want to cheer against somebody's health, but I was a little upset that Pat Mahomes cleared concussion protocol today.
1: No, that you were cheering <laughs> for Pat Mahomes' health because clearly it's a bad cho- it's a bad personal decision for him to play. He should sit. Getting another concussion is exponentially worse. So you are actively cheering for him to make the responsible decision and not play.
3: Yeah, he's got a kid on the way. A uh, lot of things to think about. But uh, Bills big game on Sunday, and um, I'll play the song. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, that's been Hardpick Mining Company uh, with your Denver Five. You can find us on Twitter at HardpickMC, on Instagram, and hopefully uh, we'll be doing a mailbag here in the next couple of weeks. So you can find us at, at uh, hardpickmc at gmail.com. Uh, listen to you next week.
1: Hot day. We're, we're on Instagram. You we're on. We're on. Set, set up an email account. Oh, good yeah, work, Mike. Display, so... <laughs> wow.
3: All right. We're that got better for you.
1: And we're clear.